0: People get saved. Come on, somebody. Our South Africa trip, I didn't get the numbers. I'll get the numbers to you next week. But also, we had it locally here We're on Wednesday night. we have our youth get saved. Come on, somebody. So, Reason why I share that with you, I want to connect the dots all the time that I said everyone can't go, but everyone can send. And this is part of your fruit. When you gave, this is something that you have done to expand the kingdom of God. So I'm so proud to, say, to be your pastor and say what you guys are doing from Abilene, Texas. People's lives are being completely transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ by us sowing into his kingdom so he can do his work. And it's amazing. Now, we have some of the, uh, our guys that went on, some of the people that went on those trips. Can you just stand so everyone recognize who you are? One, two, three. Amen. Thank you, guys. And we got more. We have about we have about three more trips this summer uh, that's coming up, and we got a bunch of people going. And this is where these offerings are going to get ready for them to go. And uh, we have one that is going to be going on two trips uh, because she's just addicted to missions, which I love. So, uh, <laughs> but I love it, and I love what it is, because we are, I love, this is what I've been, I've been saying this, and I actually put this together, I'm going to be putting it on the cards, and I said, we are reaching, we are building, we are GPC, so we're doing, we're reaching, we're building, and we are GPC, that's what we do, we don't have to do fundraisers. all we do is ask for God to fund his kingdom, and you guys have been sufficiently doing that, that's amazing, thank you for that. <clears throat> Amen. So this month, as you give, I'm just going to ask the Lord to, um, again, um, put on your heart whatever it is to give. Imagine, it doesn't matter if you give a dollar, that's some of your fruit up there. Okay? When our college students went, lives are being transformed. We believe here you change the campus, you change the direction, you change the world. I call it now, the way as old as I am, you change the campus, you start to change the direction of the world. Because those young minds are going to be tomorrow's leaders. And I want their hearts full of Christ so they can bring their nation back to Christ. How many say amen? amen. amen. And so I'm really excited about that. And also here locally, you know, our youth are getting, on, um, getting born again. And we have, so we have uh, baptism next week. Um, people giving their lives are going to get baptized. Um, this weekend we have Victory Weekend. We have people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, being fully empowered to serve God. Wow. this is the season to live and watch God build his church. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We ask, God, that you continue your zeal in us, your desire to see people transform with your word, to make your name famous, as one speaker said, that we'll see more people not working for you but walking with you. And your desire, let it be our desire to see your kingdom come, Let your will be done, your kingdom come. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The buckets are going by. Uh, we'll, um today, I'm glad this week we start off what we call Holy Week or the Passion Week. And uh, Easter's next week and spring breaks over. Finally, man, March is one of those months you need to take half the week off the month, half the month off, because everyone just takes off. It's a holiday. But I'm glad everyone's back. But uh, the Passion Week, and today we're going to talk about the very first day of Passion Week is when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. They call it the Triumph Entry which you'll see written through all the Gospels in Matthew 21, Mark 11, and John 12. And then we're going to look at the account in Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 37. The reason why we're looking at this account, this is the only account that shows, the other accounts show Jesus while he's in Jerusalem. This one shows him when he's coming down, they go into Jerusalem. And we want to look at um, some, some things that happen there. And today's message is called, Don't Miss It. Don't miss it. We're going to look at an account. When Jesus came in, he had a lot of different responses and a lot of different reactions, but a lot the majority of people who were giving those reactions and responses, they missed it. They missed the significance of it. And in this season, we don't want to miss the significance of it. Those who are born again, we want to be reminded about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords set us free. And then we want to remind those, well, since we're free, We want to have the passion and we want to have the zeal to set those who don't know Christ to set them free. And we know they have barriers in their life that needs to be broken. And the only one that can break that um, barrier is the gospel. We live in a world today. We talk about justice. We want justice. The gospel is justice. It is justice. It is social. It's everything we want it to be, that we need it to be to transform man's lives back to God so we can be reconciled back to one another. The gospel is the only answer. And the only, only plan God has to spread the gospel is us. And that's what Jesus meant, him coming into Jerusalem, which really, really, um, you look at it, it signifies how valuable we are, how he loves us so much. He was on mission to restore us back in the relationship with him so we can be restored back in relationship with one another. Whenever you feel like you're not valuable, you got to know you are the king of kings and lord of lords. Who took the first step? God always takes the first step. And his mission was to restore us. That's how valuable you are. God doesn't deal with worthless things. He deals with helpless things, but he also knows how valuable and how much he loves you. Always remember that. So if you go to Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 37, starts here. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the, Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the, his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. For all the mighty works that he had had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory glory in the highest. Note that word means Hosanna. And some of the uh, Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Verse 41, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that of your visitation. Don't miss it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you now that you will order my steps, order my speech, order this service. We ask that I'll remove, our decrease, so you may increase. And let us not miss this moment. Let us not miss the significance of the Holy Week. But let's not miss the significance of our value in your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Jesus Christ it amen. says in the Bible, in the, in the writings, that he fulfilled over 353 uh, prophecies. And this is one of the prophecies that he was going to come in at riding on a donkey in Zechariah 9.9. 9. says, Rejoice greatly, your king is coming to you. Righteous having salvation is he. Salvation was coming close humble and on a mountain on a donkey. He's a humble king, and we had people cheering for him and and just springing out loud, but the motivation of the cheers was they missed it. Quite a few of them missed it. It's so easy when Christ is trying to reach out to us that we can miss it because of our perceptions of him, and we're going to cover a few people who missed it. They missed the visitation because they were so preoccupied with other things, and their own expectations. And a holiday, I call it a holiday like this coming up these weeks, every day to us it would be Easter, but we can miss it. We can miss exactly what it signifies and what it's about, which will affect our life and our walk with Christ when we miss it. And if you take, I mean, you don't have to take notes, I'm going to take notes at the because I have one point from this, but we'll see a few different groups of people who totally missed what Jesus was trying to do. They just didn't get it. Some of it was hidden on purpose, but a lot of it, they just didn't realize what this meant. For us, it meant freedom. For us now, as believers, this had to take place so we can be free, so we can walk and we can can praise God, not for what he's done, but for who he is, because we didn't deserve to receive great mercy. We didn't deserve to receive grace. We didn't deserve salvation. But his love and his grace and his, pace and his passion, his zeal, said the zeal of the Lord did this, brought him to a place to save us, which we broke, we broke fellowship, but he sent his son to restore the fellowship, which gives me a grateful heart every day, every day. You always hear this joke, I always say, yeah, I don't have a good day, but every day I'm saved. I know it makes no sense to you sometimes, but to me, that's all you have sometimes. So when you look at it, first being a group of people that missed it, the disciples missed it. It says in John, in the other version, John 12, 16, at first the disciples didn't understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified, which when he died then he was raised, they realized that these things have been written about him and these things have been done to him. They missed it. What they were waiting on was a king to come in and take over Jerusalem, wipe out all the enemy so they can live comfortably. And he was a king that was coming to die. So he was sent, like he says in the word, I've been sent. Now I'm sending you. I'm going to die on the cross. You're going to receive me. You're going to be my disciples. Now you have to die every day and share this wonderful word. That's not what they were looking for. They were looking for a king. Just sit on the throne and call the shots, and we don't have to do anything. Like today, we want a president, we want a senator to sit on the throne and call the shots, and he can take all the work. We don't want the responsibility. He said, no, responsibility. I'm going to open the door to freedom, and you're you're going to bust it open with this gospel. So they missed it. They got it. You saw the Book of Acts. We covered it for last week. They found it. He, they found what it was about. Don't miss it. Who's Jesus to you? See, one that's sitting, that you want him to do all the work, or you want to walk and and do and, and serve him in his work. Because if you're sitting for him to do anything in work, you're just going to sit. You're not going to do anything. Or you're going to expect others to do everything. Next thing, the Pharisees, they missed it. And we talked about it a few weeks ago. They were jealous. They were envious. in John 12, 19. It says this, we're gaining nothing. The world is going after them. They were upset. Oh, my gosh, we're going to lose our status. We're going to lose our platform. And Rome's going to come in and take us down. You know, jealousy and envy unchecked because, um, leads to murder. And a lot of us as Christians, we walk around in jealousy and envy, and we're we're hemmed in by it. And they missed it. And I love Jesus. I I love the line Jesus told them. Look, you know, if they don't cry out, in verse 40, the stones will cry out. Stones crying out. Now, that can be a good thing or a bad thing. If you're sitting in your backyard and you're not praising God and you hear the stones cry out, you're in trouble. They're crying out for nothing. I love Psalm 96, and 12 says, let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy. They're ordained to praise. In the other version, he says, that it, from babies has been ordained praise. And babies don't have nothing to praise God about. So if you give them a lot, you change their diaper and you give them a bottle. If it's about envy and jealousy, things that should be not named among the believers, that's not good. It'll mess your worship. Babies have been ordained to praise God. When's the last time you praise God? I mean, truly praise God without music, without all the horns. In the noise. Deep worship. Praising him because I'm here. Praising him because my fellow man is doing better than me in the gospel. Praising him in Abilene because God's got bigger churches than I do. Praise God, but there's not enough churches in that to capture all of Abilene. We still need more, we still need to build more. Envy. Pharisees missed it. The crowd missed it. Again, John chapter 12, 18. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was they heard that he had done this this sign. Now, the sign he did was basically he raised Lazarus from the dead. So they were coming out. Hey, there's a guy that does the signs. He does all the work. He's going to save us. He's going to do everything for us. Let's go to him because he's done something for me. Let's worship him because he's done something for me. Is your worship about the presence of God or the person of God? Because it can be screwed of if it's all about what I've got this week. Now, Sunday is the day we come together, right, to celebrate all God, what God has done in our lives. But if you come in like, I have nothing to praise God about, why? didn't give you what you wanted? Is that what he didn't give you what you wanted? He disappointed you? Really? He disappointed you? He didn't give you the car or give you the job, but he gave you eternal life? What a balance. <laughs> wow, okay, eternal life or a job. What would you rather have? He did Oh, yeah, the temporary thing that we celebrate so loudly Versus the permanent thing, when someone gives their life to Jesus, they go all the way to heaven with it. My leg will fall off when I leave here. Because I want to go see great things. He's done great things for me, so I'll cheer him when I do great things. Versus your breathing. That's air. That's a miracle. I always, I always laugh when I'm in an airplane. Ten tons of machine flying in the air. Who does that? Okay, because you, you find the miracles of God every single day. How many have children? It's a miracle from God. Now, they don't act like miracles all the time, <laughs> but it's a miracle from God. Creation is a miracle from God. The city missed it. The crowd, I mean, the crowd missed it. Last one is, the city missed it. What Jesus was something would happened is because... You did not know the time of your visitation. Now, Jesus was talking about, he's giving a prophecy. 30 years from now, guys, 70 AD, so you decide to reject me, um, we're going to be judged. The temple's going to be destroyed. 30 years, I love God's grace. If you accept me, there is no destruction. But their own preconcep- preconceptions, self-motivated expectations, preventing them from recognizing the Messiah. You ever get that? You expect God to show up one way; He shows up a whole different way than what you like or what you expect. He is good at it, because He's God. They're expecting the King take it over. I can act any way I want to, because the King of Kings will take care of it. That's why we don't like discipleship, because it's called us to be conformed into His image. That hurts doesn't it? It hurts when you think your breath is clean. Someone You got bad breath. What do you mean by that? You got anger issues. What do you mean by that? As my, my mentors say, you need to lead them. What do you mean by that? <laughs> he puts it in such a way that I'm like, I cheer for it, but that, that was a cut. And he did that in 15 minutes from Africa. You are amazing. I want to be like that too. Right? And I get you get it in a way you don't expect. And a lot of us are walking around with no expectancy because you think God disappointed you. But really it wasn't God who disappointed you. Your expectations disappointed you. Your expectations of him disappointed you. And you thought you'd be a certain place, and he's not done with you yet. Yeah. Or you have a certain job, or uh, you want certain things, breakthroughs in your life. And he's actually doing it; you just don't recognize it. You ever, you know, I, I used to tell God remove things from my life, and things get scary because you know when you get a prophecy, something they say, don't be, don't be, have, don't have fear. God's about to do something, and the way you think, well, He'll just do this and this will happen, but it usually happens through me. And he gets ner- you get nervous. Now, they missed it. And what happened when they missed it? Jesus wept over the city. Jesus wept because he's gonna, he foresaw their pain. And there were already people in pain. You know, Jesus, it pains Jesus to see us in pain. But the most important thing out of that, con- of that, that construct there is basically this. He felt the pain and felt grief because Jerusalem was killing itself because of decisions they didn't want to make. As a leader or anything else, when you want to show the truth to people and here's the truth, take it, take the prescription as we say, like the doctors, take the prescription. I don't need the prescription, and there's the truth. And by your one decision, you say, no, and there it is, you start to feel pain because you decide not to take the prescription. They were looking for a Messiah that was completely different than what they expected, and they didn't want it, and he's sitting there right in front of them. A lot of time, God wants to give you something, but we don't want to take it because we get used to the condition we're in now. He wants to give us something, all the time. So it's hurting him because they were destroying themselves. They were destroying themselves because every decision we make is a spiritual decision, and we're always one decision away from failure. When we the, the, the way we walk away from God, we're in condition for failure. But every, you know, I love Romans eight twenty eight. 28, everything, all things work together for good. We celebrate that, but we don't even know the bad things work for my good. Yeah. And I have to re- receive the bad with the good because yeah. he's working something out, according, those according to his purpose. He's working his purpose out in me. Yes. It's not about them. It's me. I love that song. It's me, oh, Lord. It's me. It's me. So when you look at that, what was taking place here, it all came down to one decision, the choice between joy or judgment. You want joy, your peace, or do you want judgment? Now, here's the last point, which I'm getting to. Acceptance of, to Christ leads to great Peace rejection leads to great pain, saying, you would not, what would you, would that you even known on this day that things that make for peace. The peace he was talking about is irene in the Greek. It means to join together, together as a whole. Me and you are going to come together as a whole. Wholeness, this is God's, I'm God's gift to wholeness. I am God's gift back from separation to you in relationship with God. The gift is in the city. The gift is standing right in front of you, and you're rejecting it because it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. It's like Christianity is funny. Everyone thinks it looks one color. It looks like one style. But you understand most of the time when God wants to give you something, he's going to put in a package you do not appreciate. That's how he works because in a of that he knows our purpose and what our slant is. So it comes down to joy, or what you're gonna experience in 70 years, judgment. Here's the question: Have you missed it? It's just the God of the presence or the person. Have we missed it? I love Romans 3:23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin means miss the mark. Miss the mark. Now, 43 says this, this is amazing. But the days will come upon you when the enemies will set up a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side, and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and it will not stop until you are annihilated. And what he was talking about, if you're, uh, I'm a, I'm a student of warfare, had to be, the things I studied in school and also what I did in the military. I had to be a student of the enemy. And when he's talking about siege warfare, what he's talking about is this. He will come in, they will uh, you'll be in your place, in your house, and the enemy will build a wall of people around you, and they will shut down what's coming in, and they will shut down what's going out, and they will hold out until you starve to death. Happened when they, when they were being judged for, their, for 70 years. They at that point they not You see in the Bible, you'll see something about cannibalism. I mean, cannibalism. What happened was they started resulting in eating their children, and one another because there was no food can get in, and they couldn't get out. And you know, siege warfare covers you up until you're destroyed, and then they break. They breach the wall, and they take everything. And I'm seeing that in society today. People's lives are hemmed in, in, surrounded. They can't get out. They're starving for the gospel. Their children are starving for love. They're starving for peace. And what's happening is they have no peace. They're trying to cope. So they'll take drugs and they'll drink alcohol and they'll smoke dope and think it's okay. And then when the people come and take their children, which is the highest rate in in Texas right now, they're hemmed in. They're surrounded. And then I see the people of God who decide, I'm just going to be nominal. I'm going to just come to church twice a a month. I might serve. I might not serve. I won't get baptized because I'm not ready for that yet. And we live in this life. And then the enemy has surrounded us. And hemmed us in him to sin. We're bound by what? Envy, jealousy, unforgiveness, bitterness. And we're the ones with the hope. Anger. And we're hemmed in. And we're missing it. And we're carnal. And we think it's okay. Because we have a Savior who will give me grace. But I don't want to look like the Savior. I want to look like me. And I noticed something. We had a Freedom Weekend this weekend. I noticed a lot of people don't want to be free. They don't want to be set free. Because they, well, I got something to do that weekend. You didn't have it before. You signed up. Well, I got something. And then... You come back three weeks with the same issue, and you could have got it done in Friday weekend. But if I get rid of my stuff, then I won't be enabled by everyone around me. And anyone that says let's go, you're mean. <laughs> you're victorious. No, you, that's just emotion. No, it's the truth. We want to want to grow. But we don't want to grow because if I don't grow, I can live off everyone else's energy for years to come. And you need to be the person. I remember when the church did this. I remember when the church did that. I remember when so-and-so was here. Well, he did that so you will get up and do it. Not so you can make a, a church a museum. Him then. I love Romans 6, 23, the choice we all have to make. As believers, we want to have, what happened to us? We're here and then we can't even praise God. We're here in, then we have no zeal. We have no joy. We have no peace. We have no patience. We're him then. And we, it becomes normal. It's normal to be locked up. It's normal to be at want all the time. Because that becomes part of our lifestyle. And if we do it and you come to a place that says, No, you are victorious in Christ Jesus. You have been rescued to rescue other people. People are going to get born again. People are going to get baptized. People are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're going to advance and plant churches. Oh, you're a cult. Not a cult. That's the kingdom of God. That is the gospel. Yeah. We want to enable you for a whole month. And then we want to empower you to be equipped to make disciples. That's what I don't want you to be walking around with your hemmed up. I hate when enemy slams people. And order in how he slams them, know what it does it? I got time. I used to work on ejection seats. Ejection seat's a powerful seat. You can be on the ground and it's gonna shoot you to 400 feet in the air in less than a point about two seconds. It was a powerful seat when you use it. You're sitting all the power in the world. I said, whenever you're in trouble, hit it. You got to get out. The one seat, I mean, the one thing about the seat, the new one I had to work on, all the other ones had all these pins in them. One of them had, the one I worked on, the latest one, has one pin. There was a guy who tried to get out. They left the pin in the seat. When they left the pin in the seat, he didn't make it. One 15-cent pen killed a guy. We're sitting on the, in the power of God, Almighty. the same God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in each and every one of us. We're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We're overcomers. We're not on the ground. We're all on the top. We're not fighting from victory. We are already victorious. I don't have to cheer for everyone else because I want to cheer for myself. But the one pin that we deal with, the one pin we will deal with when I learn and talk about in freedom is agreement with the enemy. No, you're not. No, you're not. Put the pin in him. He only has power. We activate his power when we, stick to, when we put the pin in our lives. And we'll call the 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 walk the, the without pins. But you stick the pin of unbelief. You stick the pin of doubt. You stick the pin of. I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, I really am a I really am. My family. I don't have all. I agree with you. Click. Neutralized. 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 So you're in. You're bound up. You're up in the past. Well, I didn't know about my past because I didn't know what baptism is. When I got born again, and and after that I get get baptized, I go down. My old life, I come up in newness. I don't know what that means because that's just optional for me. Hemmed up. And we fight to get to normal. Not fight from the position of normal. And what I'm saying, the gospel did this. They were hemmed up. Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. Those who are unbelievers are hemmed up. And believers get mad because they're hemmed up. And then we have those decide, I'm just going to be a marginal Christian. I just show up once in a while and and, and cheer everyone on versus getting the game. We're hemmed up. Now it says, those who call on the Lord shall be saved. Theological truth, I will be saved. The practical truth, Application, I must confess and I must believe. When I do that, Jesus already came and crushed the wall, but there's one part I need to kick out. Me. I got to get over me so I can get to him. Right? So when Amber broke the board, she broke right through it. Pow! And when he's talking about believers, we're all hemmed up. But now the board has been cracked if we say Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Now I'm free. And when I'm free, I keep moving. Because one thing I know about the warfare, you can't hit a moving target. We didn't call to have church for us to sit and watch me do this or watch other people do this or not get in life groups or not become, be, uh, get into a uh, growth track. Because moving targets are hard to hem in. Sitting targets, I'm just waiting to see what God's going to say. You're hemmed up. He's going to build that wall. The enemy's going to build that wall. But when you break it, it's broken. And this wall that he already broke through, if I miss his appearing, the, the uh, one that needs to break this board, to break out is me. I got to break my pride i got to break my disobedience. i got to break my own lordship issues, my own attitude, so I can recognize the time of my visitation. You know, is today everyone blames everybody but the right person, me. And then I'm free. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. You shall be saved. Now, grandmother's faith. Your own faith. I repent. When I repent, I break the bonds of me and get to him. That's what salvation is. I want joy. I don't want judgment. And when I don't even know if I'm saved or not, that's judgment because I think I'm just going to go... I think I'm good enough to be with God. I think I'm good enough to go to heaven. I think, I think. I don't want to think, I want to know. And through this time here and and this this season that we're in, accepting Jesus Christ, if that's you, you want to give your life to Christ this morning, you want to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you shall be saved. that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, wherever you are, just raise your hand wherever you are. Anybody? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Keep your hands up. Someone be coming by you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I need some men here. Come on, guys. Come on. Anyone else? Anyone else? Someone's over here in the corner here. I need Keep your hands up. Someone's coming to see you. Keep your hands up. Someone's coming to see you. Get your hands up. Someone's coming to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? It's your time. Anyone else? Every head down, every eye closed. Just a moment. Anyone else? Next call. Pastor Rich, I just want to repent of my, really, my unbelief, my agreeing with the enemy that I don't count. I don't have gifts. I don't have talents. So I've been sitting on the bench, and I'm, I want to get in the game, but I'm afraid to get in the game. But I'm really, I just want to get, in the, get on the bench. Have another one. Thank you. I repent. I want, to, I want to run this race with Christ at full pace. I don't want to be half-paced. We have more people. We need more people. Thank you, Lord. Mm. You wanna get, if you want to just re-engage God and say, I just repent, I want, I want you to pray over me. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Thank you. Keep your hands up. Anyone else? Thank you. I'm going to pray for you. Father of heaven, I thank you today. Lord, I thank you about the word repentance. We turn from? And we turn to, turn from me, really for me, to turn from myself and turn to you in such an amazing way. I pray, Lord, that everyone here this morning will not hear the voice of the enemy, that they, they don't count, they're not valuable, they're not they're not anything. Father, let them know that you died on the cross, especially for them, and they have a part to play in bringing others to Jesus. They have a part to play to do mighty work for you, God. I ask that right now, that you just restore, restore your heart in them. The zeal in them, your love in them, your grace in them. Bless them today, God. Be with them, Lord, in this moment. Let them never feel alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. I had some people respond to God. It's going to be another action step. It's going to be kind of different now because all the guys are working. So on the way out the door, James, hold up, hold up two cards for me, bro. We have a card. Go buy our, de- our table right there. Please pick up four or five invite cards. Is, uh, new Life. Talks about New Life. It's our series next week for Easter. Invite someone to Easter. Invite five or six, seven people to Easter. Also, we have a, what we call a save-the-date card. April 8th, we're going we're to unveil something. We're going to have a special announcement. We have, we have food in the morning. We have food in the afternoon. And we're going to chart the course of what God wants to say to um, Grace Point Church. It's going to be an amazing time. Bring someone with you. Please stop by and get those cards. Do we have enough to hand out? Do we have enough people to hand them out? will not we recruit a few people to hand them out? Go ahead. Well, you sit there. We'll bring them to you. Now, also on our, uh, on our um, Easter Sunday, we'll be doing baptisms. I'm very very passionate about you being baptized. If you've never been baptized, let me tell you something. Maybe you might have heard that it was an option. It's not as a command from Jesus. It's a proclamation of your faith, but you're following. If you want to be a disciple of Christ, you're going to follow in his footsteps. He got baptized, but it's so much more. Sign up to get baptized on Easter Sunday, and then we'll contact you this week and tell you exactly what it is. A lot of people have never been baptized. They've been baptized. They don't even know what they did. We'll tell you exactly what what it means to do that and come out and be baptized. That is part of our walk of being a disciple of Christ. And that takes us to another place. That's a sacrament that we want to follow through. It's not an option. It's something that we believe is a command and what Jesus wants to do. His commandments are his enablements. He gives us the grace to get it done. Okay? Uh, Also, please invite somebody. We have 1,000 cards we're handing out. Invite someone because put them in the environment of Jesus. Friday night we'll be in the South, the Soda, um, District Courtyard, uh, District Courtyard over here that was just redone. Friday night we're having a special Good Friday service. Bring someone from work. It's gonna be amazing. Gonna be communion. Bring them. We're gonna do it outside. We've never done. We want for the community to come out and experience Good Friday together. Six o'clock, one hour service, communion. Bring your kids. And it's gonna. It's a beautiful place. After you can take all the pictures, we're in, we're in partnership with Tim Smith. He's an amazing man that's doing a lot of work in our neighborhood. So bring your families out. It's going to be a special time of fellowship, and we celebrate uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you're a guest this morning, don't forget, as you go out the door, there's a gift waiting for you at our welcome desk. Guys, whoever you are, your, next, your last thing is sign up. Get involved. Get involved to serve. Get involved in a life group. Don't get hemmed up by yourself. Moving targets are hard to hit. A sitting target is, is a feast to the enemy. Go past you, your, your shyness, and your fear, and go where God has wants you to go. Amen? Let's, let's all stand. And we're excited. In a few weeks, we're going live. Uh, you can clap on that. We're trying to put the... Our camera stuff together, He's said, I'm laying on a joke. Last week we were trying it out and with the video and trying to shoot me, and I'm up there, my head's glowing. When I come down, my, the guy who's running the camera said this. He said, Pastor Rich, when you come down here, you're so black. <laughs> I said, Yeah, no. I, at first I said, Am I black? So I went on for three days trying to figure that out. Am I black? Man, I'm black. I felt bad. Then I said, I'm really black. So anyway, we're working on lighting and stuff like that. You can laugh. You can laugh in church. That's why we break boards in church. If you're a guest, you say, they break boards? He talks about being black? Wow. <laughs> That's what a community is, right? But you guys are amazing. Have an awesome week. Go out here with the eyes of Christ and the ears of Christ. when He, judge, he, he nudges you. And even at lunch today, to give someone a card and say, hey, Grace Point Church is having this service. It's about new life, and God wants you to have a new life. That's all you got to say. Bring them in the environment of Christ and let Christ do what he does. Amen? You guys are amazing. You are dismissed.